Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. Present bias, projection bias, regret aversion, information avoidance, and the zero price effect. If you haven't guessed yet, we're digging back into behavioral science concepts. With this group, Doug and Jess dig into how these come into play in the sales process, and they're happening whether we're aware of them or not. But by talking about it, it brings them to the forefront of our minds. So with that, let's get on into the episode. Jess, what did the boy say to his fingers? I don't know. What did the boy say to his fingers? I'm counting on you. Oh, my God. See, there was oh a request. There was a request that I bring yeah, and you know, more humor. I need, to, I need to have a conversation with our listeners. Like, I get that they think this is cute and they're entertained by it. I'm frankly tired of it. Tired of it? How, how could you be tired of it? I don't think that's true, Jess. I think you're playing a part there. I know, I know when you tell me you hate my jokes, what you're really saying is that you love them. I know. I don't know that that's true 100% of the time. Oh, of course it is. And by the time we get here, see, I've had a week's full of them with no, with no break, no gap. So, Look, I'm still a little salty, Jess. I'm not going to lie. What are you salty about? I'm not going to lie. Why are you salty? I still feel like I didn't. I haven't gotten enough credit for yesterday. Just got a call. The oh. countermeasuring guy is on his way over, and so I asked, "Does the countermeasuring guy take the opposite approach of the measuring guy?" We have That's somebody on our internal status channel. That is what I. That is, that is the enjoyment that 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 you bring to that, our team. That's an employee benefit that you can't even. You is can't it even, though? You can't even quantify that. We need to. <laughs> Apparently we need to advertise that more. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it a benefit. You know, it's not everywhere that you get that level of, see, you know what it is, Jess, you've been here for a while now, right? You're over seven, you're over seven years now. I am over seven years. Kind of wild. See, I think, I think that you've just gotten so accustomed to it that, that you forget. I mean, you're just used to it. That must be, that must be what and, it is. And as a result, the bar keeps rising. So obviously. Obviously, I think I think that um, I think that yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. That's all I can say, Jess. Is yeah. This is an exciting week for you, Doug. Two RevOp show recordings. You know what next week is, though, don't you? What's that? You know what next week is, don't you? What is next week? My birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, next. All week's of an next week, week is my birthday. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> all of next week. Does that Remember? mean all of the following week is my birthday? Is my birthday? <laughs> Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it works that way. Remember, remember, like two or three years ago, you you decided that one day wasn't enough to to I celebrate de- and I decided and, and and honor the the impact of of my birth, and so you felt like we we needed to expand it to a week. I don't, I don't think that this was, I don't think this was me that that recommended that. I I think maybe. Oh yeah, definitely was. Who else would <laughs> have done that, Jess? Not me, not me. So what are we talking about today, Jess? So I want to go back to some of our... Back beha- to life. I'm going to go back to life, back to reality. Wow. It's going to be, it's going to be right today. This is going to be a great pod. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to some of our behavioral science concepts and talk about how they come to play in the sales process and, and considerations when you're going through a sale with a prospect. Do we want to limit it to sales or do we want to, do we want to maybe broaden it? We can broaden it. 
Let's let the conversation take us where it will. Because you know me, Jess. I only go where you've given me the outlines and the lanes. Yeah. That allow me to go there. Yeah, that, that's how it. That's how this. This always. This, that's how this always goes. Very clearly. So, so I'm curious. What? Um, why did you group these five together? Why are we talking about these five? Last time we talked, it was all about decisions. Yeah. So, so this. These concepts to me are more, it's not, it's not really decision, but it's, they to me were things that, 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 that are unseen that impact, um, that impact the decision. So it's not actually about making the decision. I, I know that's. You can say that impact behavior. Behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're behavioral science. Like behavior science. Yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're things that, that are invisible if we don't, if we don't talk about them, that, that we're not always aware of that, um, that will impact behavior, impact decisions. You know what I love about these? The ones we're going to talk about today? Tell me what you love about them, Doug. They, um, they impact our behavior, mm-hmm. whether we know about them or not. Correct. So when I say whether we know, knowing about no, them, I, I think no, I, that I, brings I, them to the forefront, but yeah. Right. No, I, I'm, Oh, but by the way, so when you when when you're designing systems and you're thinking about what you're doing and and you're approaching, you're trying to influence. I mean, what what you're going to find is lots of people take advantage of this um, in, in 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 lots and lots of ways. So yeah, but it, it's the thing that's interesting is even when you know about, it's like even when you're the person behaving and you know about them, they still influence in the way that they're that they influence so like we're going to talk about how do you prevent it and things like that you know it's like travis kelsey you can't stop him jess <laughs> at at best you hope you can manage it <laughs> all righty let's let's dig into these i'm not taylor i'm not swift gonna went to went to her third oh travis my god <laughs> i was trying to move on from this um i did not see that i've not been following the taylor swift Travis Kelsey. Are you a Swifty? So my my daughter is 10 and she is becoming a Swifty. So I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I'm a country music fan. So I followed her more when she was more more on the country music side. So early on, but I'm not like, I haven't been to a concert. I'm hey, not a Swifty. Hold on a second. I know that you are a absolute 100% country music snob. I am a country music snob. But but given some of the people that you have said unequivocally, that's not country <laughs> music. There's no way yeah, you can say Taylor Swift. You was you got it. You need to go listen to her first album. She was, she was. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that this is an argument for another back? day? Is that because you got her house back, car back, my god, boyfriend back? <sighs> Good lord. Um, See, I switched it from girlfriend back to boyfriend back because it's you did, and I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, but no, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty. I'm, I don't dislike Taylor Swift, but your daughter's 10. She's about to become, so you're taking her to the errors tour maybe? We have, we're going twice. We're going with two different groups of people. So yes, I am taking her. I'll be sitting through that concert film twice. Did, did you hear what, uh, Alamo Draft House announced? No. You know, you know, they have a very hard rule. There is no talking. You're like you're not allowed to talk to her. Oh yes, I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. So we them. so we go to Alamo Draft House. Right. Alamo They're Draft. waving. Oh, for the con. Yeah. Of course, you have to wave that rule so for that, the concert. So that they the have girls, events. So that the movies. girls can sing together. 
No, wait a second. Isn't that like, why is it so that the girls can sing together? What if the boys want to go and sing too? Oh my God, Doug. I'm sure the boys can sing too if they want to sing. I'm sure. Anyway, I want to bring us back. Let's talk about Taylor Swift's business. (laughs) This is not a pop culture podcast. (laughs) and You've taken us fully off the rails. So I'm going to bring us back to our behavioral science topics. Sorry, the last time we talked about behavioral nom- economics, we got into, uh, or behavioral science, we got into China. We did get into China. I'd like to also not talk ab- about China. I don't know that I've had enough coffee to, to get into that discussion again today. I, I am. <laughs> All right. So first concept I want to talk about is present bias. It's like my birthday. It's a bias for presents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is this a reminder for me to buy you a present? <laughs> Next week. Why why limit it to just you, Jess? <laughs> oh good lord. Okay. Um so present bias. So Doug, can you can you explain for all of us what present bias is? We overweight our our judgments. Like when we think about the future, you know, wh- one of the concepts that that I don't know that it's like formally behavioral science, but but it's behavioral science is every decision that someone makes is really a statement on their viewpoint of the future, right? So, so every time we decide to do something in its own way, it's our, it's our judgment of how we're feeling about the future. It's our judgment about, you know, our value. So, so I spend more money if I feel like things are good. You know, if I have a good day at the office, I'm going to get promoted. Yeah. I'm bad at the office. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. And, and so there, there's an aspect of we do a really, really, really bad job thinking about the long game because yeah. it doesn't actually mean a lot to us, even though that's what we're judging. So, so what's happening right now in this moment has a disproportionate impact on, on everything that we're doing. So, you know, what, what's interesting is we can't really, we don't effectively break apart a week from today versus a year from today. Yeah. Right? So it, it's like, there's now there's the future. Um, and, and, you know, why so much of what we do in business and, and, you know, we talked about tech debt before present bias is a lot of what drives tech debt. Yep. Right. Because we overweight the now we're not thinking about, okay, what does this mean? How does this impact something else? Um, you know, and, and in a lot of ways we're, we're going to, um, we're going to circle to like present bias really is embedded in, in all the biases or heuristics that we're talking about today. And so that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, when I, when I first was looking at this, it, I was actually thinking about, cause it, it was talking about, I would take, you know, $10 today over $15 tomorrow. I was thinking about it from the guise of pricing. Well, it's, it's, it's called the wimpy philosophy. I will gladly, gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Right. <laughs> the wimpy philosophy. That is that is present bias. It's, yeah. Yep. But but actually what you were just talking about there, I think we run into it with with implementations frequently where we have to like somebody comes down from on high or somebody's upset about something today and it's like, okay, well, we need to do this now and we have to some we have to occasionally like slow down the client be like, okay, remember what we're doing here three months from now, if we make this decision, that's, that's, it's going to have that impact. So we need to, 
kind of maintain what we what we planned on doing. Um, so it's that want to have like a, a snap judgment or a change. I, I see that frequently. That that kind of spurred for me as you were talking about it. So so we're 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 going to connect this to project to the projection bias, which we're going to get to in a minute. Um, some of the places where the where this impacts is if you think about early on in our career in our CRM implementation career. Um, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is is we don't project manage the way most people product manage. We, we don't, like our scopes don't say two rounds of. Right. And and what we found was, and you know, I, I think one of the most special things we do is, is, is the implementation roadmap, right? The work that goes into the implementation roadmap, what it lays out, et cetera. But it, it, it took us a few rounds to realize that, that the flaw of our roadmap was the roadmap is supposed to be done, you know, in a, in a simpler project, probably four weeks before launch and a more complex project could be six, eight, nine weeks before launch. Yep. And, and remember how we kept repeating the pattern that we're building out. And like, I still remember, I think it was like, it was one or two days before we were supposed to go live, you know, full launch, et cetera. And someone said, well, you know, we just talked about this and we decided we want to change what our pipeline structures are. Yeah. Right. And all the other elements to that. And it was like, oh, okay, well, A, that's not like a small thing. And B, yet that was a decision that you needed to make. Now, we were kind of stuck in, in a bind because we, you know, we pride ourselves we don't do change orders. Yep. And we hadn't made this clear, right? And that's where, you know, I mean, look, I a lot of what we did, you know, a lot of what I, what, what what has driven our implementation process is what what has frustrated me and what did I not like about um, how other project management philosophy <clears throat> thrust on me when I was the customer. And, and, and so, you know, because we didn't provide that warning, you know, so like, I, I mean, candidly, I was wrong. I underweighted sign-offs. Now we do sign-offs. I think we do them differently than how most people do. But like yeah. when I talk to, when I talk to prospects now and I'm talking about our implementation, I say, look, you know, this is supposed to be a 13 week project, right? Now here's what I want you to understand. There are two really important points in in that 13 week project right? to know i'm sorry there's two important points to know whether or not we're going to deliver a 13 week project in 13 weeks and i mean everybody knows that a 13 week project is supposed to be delivered in 39 weeks but oh my god um, <laughs> i'm sorry that's erps <laughs> so, so, so here here's the two really important points now that you're right and it's like are we delivering the draft roadmap in week yep. five have, yep. have we completed our deep dives? Have we just, have we gotten a picture there? And then the roadmap is going to be a four to five week, you know, dialing in. And, and so by week eight, week nine, are we locked in? Is it locked yep. in? Right. And, and the danger is what happens is you're going to look at it. And you're going to think, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's still forever. This looks good. It, it looks fine. Right? right. And that's, that's present bias, right? Yep. Because we're not using it tomorrow. So, so yeah, it's fine. Now it becomes... And this is why everyone gets more and more nervous as you get closer. Because now it's like, oh, wait, well, 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 well what about? Well, now it's real. So, like, yeah. so that same present bias prevents us from, from thinking for real about the future. By the way, that's one of the reasons you'll notice that I ask a question. I learned this from Dan Sullivan. When, you know, when I ask the definition of success question, I always say, you know, pretend it is this day. You are right. saying it is successful. Because if I said to you, like, there's a huge difference between me asking you the question it's a year from today. Mm-hmm. It's three years from today. So it is October 13th, 2024. You're looking back. You're telling me how happy you are. You really feel like things have been successful. 
on 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 October twenty on I'm sorry, on October thirteenth, twenty twenty four. What are you pointing to that's caused you to feel like it's successful? Right. That is a completely different question than tell me over the next year what has to happen for you to define success. Yep. Right. A A what you get is different. The answer will be very different. But B, the impact of the answer will also be different because in the second question, I'm talking about the future that doesn't mean a lot to me, doesn't have a lot of tangibility in the way I asked the first question. While I am talking about the future, your brain is processing it as the present, which yep. means it has far, far more impact Yep, and, and far, far more connection. That's present bias as well. All right. Now let's move on to projection bias. So what is, what is projection bias? If I love hamburgers today, I'm going to love them 10 years from now. <laughs> I figured we should keep it the wimpy thing. There we go. I, I can't wait until we get to the next one after this. You connecting that. Um, so, so can you unpack that a little bit? What does that mean? So my son going into his junior year in college did something where he, he briefly, like he did some event where he did glass blowing. I didn't know this. Okay. And he thought it was really cool. Okay. And, and they were renting a house off campus, had a basement, et cetera. So he bought a whole set of stuff so he could, so he could do glass blowing because he was going to do glass blowing. It was going to become his hobby. Okay. And, and he bought a couple books on it. And okay. I think maybe he used it once. If he listens <laughs> to this, maybe he'll tell me it's twice. Right? <laughs> but that's not unusual. Right? That's not unusual. Okay. Right. We fall in love with something today. We assume we're going to feel that love forever. It. Yeah. Right? We think, okay, well, this is what I want. This is what matters to me today. Matters to me today. So we, we think I'm going to think the same way. I'm going to feel the same way. I'm, I'm not going to change. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it has, it has an impact on a lot of things, right? It, it again, causes us to overweight the present. Okay. So we're always undervaluing change or in its own weird way, we, we overestimate change because for this to be viable, some big change has to occur. It's, um, I think it was Bill Gates who said we humans have a tendency to overestimate the, you know, how big change will be in a year and underestimate how big it'll be in 10 years. Yeah. Right. That, that, that is present and projection bias. That is an example of present and projection bias coming in because that, like what I find is going back a little bit to present, but it's, it, it, it connects to projection bias is there's now, which is roughly depending on the person somewhere between right now and, and, and a week from now, there's kind of like the next segment is a week to a year. And then the next segment is beyond a year. Yeah. And, and so the other thing that happens and, 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 and this is where um, I think this is a particularly important element for, for RevOps is mm-hmm. when, when we think about our want in complex systems, we forget that when we get what we want, the environment that we're in is now different, right? If I solve this problem, I'm mm-hmm. now in a different place. Like one of my okay. favorite questions is if this problem weren't a problem, what would you be doing instead? Yeah. I wanted, you know, it, an exam, some, some examples of this from, from, from my perspective, when we were doing three, four, five hundred thousand dollars man, all we got, when we just get to a million, everything will be fine. Yeah. Because when I think about where we are at three or four or five hundred thousand dollars and I project it to a million dollars of revenue, then yeah, everything's fine. Except 
going from three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars changes everything as well. Right. Right. And then it was, I mean, there was a time I just, I, I want to run a $50 million company. I want to, I want to run a $50 million company. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I do not want to fucking run a $50 million company. I want to build a $50 million company, but I don't want to run it. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, internally, like I, we, we, I mean, it's, it, it's job security for consultants, right? Every problem that gets solved introduces three new opportunities or problems. Right. Right. And, and, and changes the environment that they're in and, and, and you've changed. So when you're in this complex adaptive system, things are constantly changing and we do a really bad job projecting into that. And, and that's why, you know, we, we, we do, you know, one of the things we do with onboarding with, with new employees is they interview everybody. Yep. And probably the most common question that I get asked, the most consistent question I get asked across all interviews is, you know, what, what, what's your big prediction? Yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't really like, or what do you think the next big thing's going to be? And I go, you know what? I, I, I don't really think about that. I mean, when we shifted to RevOps and we did it before anybody else, right? It wasn't, you know, it, it's actually interesting because we have been ahead of the curve in multiple places. We have moved yeah. to a focus ahead of where, and you know, it, it, it's, it's happened a few times, but it's never like RevOps is this big. It was, I noticed this problem Well, that, and what's interesting about that, it was actually something I was talking to Drew about a couple of weeks ago in relation to our dev team. Like that also wasn't an overnight decision, though it might have seemed that way. But you and I had been having conversations about that for yeah a, it, a while before we actually made the decision to start positioning ourselves. And th- yeah. there was there was 500 steps to the move to actually get yeah. to. Yeah. And from the outside, it probably looked like it was overnight. See, see, one of the things that's interesting, what, what, what projection bias does is it, is it leads people to buy options and not stocks. Okay, I need see, you to explain that I for know, those see, of us that aren't, <laughs> don't have a financial background. So, so there are two types of options you can buy. There's a, um, there's a call and a put. What a call does mm-hmm. is it says, I can buy this stock at a price sometime in the future. Now, now technically in, um, in Europe, it's on the day. In, in America, American options are you can buy them up to, but a call expires. So, so let's say um, I see I see Tesla running up, and so I'm you know it. Let's whenever it was it was it's trading at two hundred dollars. I don't want to spend two hundred dollars on the stock, so I could buy the right to buy Tesla at two hundred and fifty dollars sometime in the next three years. And so then if if Tesla goes up to four hundred dollars. I can call the stock and in essence, so, so the value of my option goes up and, and for, you know, when, when options, but a put would be the opposite. It's trading at $200 and I go, I, I have the right, you know, I can put it at a hundred dollars. So when the stock goes down, you know, I, you know, it's just the, the, the opposite um, perspective of a call. Now, the thing about buying a stock is if I buy a stock and, and it goes up, I don't, I, I just have to be right about, do I think the value of the stock is going to increase? And what I would say is actually, I got to be right about two things. Is the value going to increase? And is it going to increase at a greater rate than other things that I could, could have done? Okay. Right. So, you know, if I buy this and it goes up a dollar, but I could have bought that and that went up $10 and the risk associated for the two are the same, then yeah, I went up, I made a dollar, but I didn't really. Couldn't made 10. Right. I don't have to be right about the timing of it. I just have to be right that it happens. So like, 
if I buy, if I buy more HubSpot stock, so I think, I think 2025, I'm sorry, 2024 is going to be a really good year for HubSpot for mm -hmm. a bunch of different reasons. Right? Yep. Um, especially given what's happened to the stock over the last couple of days. But let's say I'm wrong and it doesn't happen in 2024. It happens right. in 2025 or 2026. Well, I own the stock, so. Right. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Right. But okay. if I buy an option that expires in December of 2024. Got it. Okay. Right, I was right. Yeah. I was but, just wrong about the time, right? So right. there's a precision element that's in there. And so with this, you know, so, so we overweight where we are. And, and, you know, the reason I brought this up is, you know, we had Jeremy who just started and he asked me this question yesterday. You know, what yeah. I said, and what I said to him is I said, you know, that's not how I think. I don't, right. I don't try to predict the future. I try to, I try to estimate the, I try to estimate the direction, right? Are, are we directionally correct? That's why I don't get too tied into what was the specific goal. You know, did I was talking to an analyst yesterday and it's like, well, did you hit your Q3 number? No, we didn't. Well, you seem pretty happy. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not happy that we didn't hit, but like if I hit my Q3 number, you know, you know what I'm interested in more than my Q3 number, my second half number. You know what I'm interested in more than my second half number, my year right. number. You know what I'm interested in more than my year number, my three-year number. You know what I'm interested in more than my three-year number, my five-year, right? As as long as I'm not like I'm again, I'm playing an infinite game. And the yep. key to an infinite game is to be able to keep playing. Yep. Right. Yeah. So as long as I don't do anything, as long as nothing happens that, 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 that causes me to not be able to do the things to play at the level that I want to play, then when you're playing in an infinite game, timing doesn't matter as much. Yep. But we, even though we're really, 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 really bad at predicting the future, Everybody loves to do it. And, and, and by the way, there's a whole bunch of research on this. I mean, it, you, know, it, you know, news and media is, you know, drives it because if someone comes like I like this conversation right now, I don't make a good guess on, you know, business now with Jim Kramer. Um, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't make a good guess because I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it could happen. Like, is AI going to be the next big thing? Well, I mean, AI is going to be a big thing. Is it going to be the next week? I'm, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to take a, but if I come in and I go, AI is going to be a big thing. It's the yeah. next big thing. Put them on again. Doesn't matter if I'm right or not, because we want certainty. And by the way, if I go on, and I say AI is bullshit. I make a good guess too. Right. Right. <laughs> and and so again, that's that that's some of that projection bias coming in as well. And so does so does that mean? I mean, in in the sales process is how I originally framed this, but. In the sales process or in client management, does that mean we need to not present too much change, right? Like, like, cause there, there's that, there's that, um, well, you know, waiting that too much on the right now. I mean, one, I mean, so, so, so keep in mind what, what's happening here. These are all mental heuristics. They're not, they're not actually logic. They, they, as a matter of fact, all of these things go against logic. Right. They go against utility. So the way that I ask the question. Mm-hmm. Right in, in in our last segment changes how I manage it, um, the way I frame it. Right, so mm -hmm. so you know I, I talk about you need to be GPS. Where am I in relation to where I want to be now? So so while what you're bringing is is a future benefit, you've got to connect the dot to where I am now. It also connects to why you've got to you know what do I lose by not moving forward? Because that is a yep. very present bias. That's one of the reasons we have loss of it. Yep. Um. So. It's not necessarily that you don't present change. 
it's it's presenting the context so that I can understand the future. Yep. Right. And 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 bringing that down to um, you know to today. Yep. All right. Let's talk about regret aversion. You know, I wanted to. You wanted to. Yeah, but I didn't <laughs> want to be wrong about it. Oh my god. You didn't connect it to the hamburger. I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Doug. Well, I haven't had a chance yet. I just, okay. but I just shared regret aversion. <laughs> I literally just gave an example of regret aversion. I, and, I know you did. And I just got totally missed. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't get missed. I, I caught it. I just. I know, but you gave no, I mean, but instead you an didn't talk about hamburgers. Found an opportunity to give you a hard time. I know. So I, know. I had to take this it. What, had to take this it. This is what I have to do. This is what I have to live with. <laughs> I think this is something that that I deal with on a on a regular basis. In, in fairness, Jess, this is yeah. something that everyone deals with on a regular well, basis. Well, right, but but this is probably the one out of everything that we talk about that at least clicked with me most and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's like a daily thing I'm dealing with 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 the success with with our customers." <laughs> I'm okay. they're so worried they're so worried about so like we talked about sign off we do get that. Well, they're, they're worried about, well, what if X and what if Y, and I don't want to sign off on that. Cause we don't. Right. So they, they're, they're worried about having re regrets on those things. Right. I mean, fundamentally regret aversion is I don't want to be wrong. Yep. Everyone's yep. afraid of being wrong. Mm -hmm. Everyone's afraid of making the wrong choice. Yep. Cause you know, choice is kind of like decisions and decision and decide has the same Latin root as homicide. It's interesting because for, I, I think one of the reasons why that this probably resonated with you among the five that we're talking about today is that it's probably the most tangible. Probably. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's the most acute. Um, and it's also one of the ones that has, it probably has in its biggest ways, the most positive impact and negative impact, right? Regret aversion prevents us from doing stupid things. <laughs> Regret aversion prevents us from doing things that have high chances of killing us. Yes. <laughs> I, I really want to get across the street, but there is a multi, there's a panel van coming down the street at 70 miles an hour. That looks like it's about 150 feet away. No, I'm not going to go ahead and try to run across the four lane road. I mean, that's regret aversion. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been tempted, you know, you know, I've been in those situations, right? You're like, uh, can, can I make it? Right. That's regret aversion. So, I mean, you know, all of these are heuristics because our, our brains are lazy. And so what's happened is over the history of time, we've learned these cheats enable us to survive. Now realize they don't necessarily enable us to thrive, yep. but they do enable us to survive. And, and, and that's really what like where heuristics go wrong is and, and where our reptilian brain goes wrong is it cares about survival. It doesn't have the nuance of work-life balance, <laughs> whatever. So, yeah. so here's the interesting thing. What if you change the definition of wrong? What if you change what wrong means? Tell me more. What do you mean well, by that? We, we, we get closer. Well, we don't know if we want to do this because what if we're wrong? Mm -hmm. What if we look back and regret it? Yeah. That, that again goes to present bias, projection bias wrapped in mm -hmm. that, oh my God, I'm going to make this decision. And once I make this decision, this decision is going to be there forever. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because like, how does it change if you adopt the philosophy of relaunch? 
Yeah, so th that's a little bit of where my brain was going. I think we were on the same track. So it, it changes because we're going to test something. There's no wrong or right. We're once we get to that that next stage of relaunch, we're going to make adjustments so, and, and, and make a new improvement. So here, here's what I would advise a RevOps team or anybody. Um, I wouldn't say that there is no wrong or right. I mean, okay. That might be true. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize I do talk about there is no right or wrong answer. <laughs> but but um, logic and facts don't be heuristics. Okay. What what I would what I would do is is define what's right. Yeah. Okay. 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 So what's right? Mm-hmm. Our goal here is to learn. Right. So we're only wrong if we don't learn. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're going to spend the next 90 days with this experiment, right? And, and just think about it. When I say we're going to run an experiment, mm -hmm. all of a sudden regret bias begins to dissipate because it's an experiment. And okay, right? Yep. Um, what we're looking to learn is this. Yeah. Right? Now, now here's the other thing. It, we've got to connect it to a bigger problem, right? This goes back to present bias. Yeah. Right? The pain of change has to be, I'm sorry, the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing. Yep. It doesn't matter how much I want my future to be, change hurts. So, so when we're talking about that in the abstract, and, and, and this is why from, from a sales standpoint, from a RevOps standpoint, from a management standpoint, the single most important thing we can do is provide context. Yep. Because we don't, we don't like to think in complex systems. Yes. As a matter of fact, one of the things I've noticed is we like to make things complicated so that we can feel like that we're doing with it's like we're, so we can feel like we're dealing with compl the complex. Yeah. Now, now remember, let's go back to my question. You're looking back over the last year. It is this day in the future. And by the way, if I'm dealing with something particularly important, I will make the person rephrase it. They don't do it. Most people do it normally, mm -hmm. but I will make them rephrase it so that they say it in past tense. I know I've seen, I've right? seen you do that live in real right? time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and the reason is again, it gets processed in your brain differently. Yep. Like, I don't yep. know what now is. I just know the mental concept of now. So as long yeah. as I talk in the now, right. And now, so now I've defined success. You know what the most common response to how would you define success is when I first asked the question to a prospect? What? That's a really good question. <laughs> and then they pause. And they yeah. consider it's sometimes mm -hmm. where I bring out my joke. This is the interactive portion of our program. Right. And, and, and the reason for it is they've never thought they've never stopped and defined success. They've only defined the pain or the symptom. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so yeah. now I'm asking you to do something different. That means risk. And you're not even sure where you're going. Yep. Well, yeah, of course there's regret, but here's my question. Is the regret going to be greater that you did this? And you needed to change it or that you didn't get to what we defined as success. Yeah. Right. That's how you begin. Like you, 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 um, what I do, it, you know, and I'm not, I can't tell you that I'm thinking about um, regret aversion when I'm doing it, but it's where it, it's where it comes to play is, is, is helping you to prioritize and, and contextualize this versus that. So I'm changing what your focus of regret is going to be about. It's why we changed our value from hate to lose to play to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause I mean, hate to lose came from, well, A, I thought play to win was, um, overplayed, right? Everyone says that, but, 
you know, I, I used to talk about Bill Parcells was my model of that. I mean, Bill Parcells was angrier after we won a football game than most people were after they lost. As a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm well, I'm well acquainted. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, but he he got that reputation with the Giants. No, I know, but and I hate the Giants and the Cowboys, so <laughs> and the Patriots, and so if I'm calling out Bill Parcells, you, um, right? But but what I learned was, and I learned it really quickly. A lot of people hate to lose, and it's really easy not to lose. Just don't do anything. Just don't try. Yep. Just don't go all in. Right. Right. That that's why we talk about the arena. That's why we talk about play to win. Right. Yep. Is are you going to regret? Are you going to what? You, what are you going to regret? Are you going to regret dust, dirt, sweat, tears, and blood? Or are you going to yep. regret wondering what if? Yeah, and I mean, so you, you and I have actually talked about this in relation to how, like, me personally and the team deal with with clients, and it's like, well, I don't really want to have this conversation because I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. And like, how many times have you said to me, "Just be able to play a game"? Like, we can't, yep. we can't operate that way. So, yep. yep. Um, all right. I am interested to hear your take on this one. Information avoidance. So by the way, to finish off on regret. Okay. So yesterday I did actually have a hamburger for lunch. Cheeseburger Here we for go. lunch. <laughs> and, and I had to figure out, did I want the regular cheeseburger or did I want the little cheeseburger? And, and so I had to thought, what would I regret more? <laughs> what did you go I with? Too much to eat or not enough? Um, information avoidance. I, I have to admit to you, Jess, I can't really talk about this one because in prep, I uh-huh. wanted to look at it, but I, I just, I avoided it. Great. Yeah, I know. I telegraphed that one from the, from the last one. Um, <laughs> you did. <laughs> so, so of all these heuristics, the one that I am most, uh, that most acutely impacts me is this one. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. You know this. I call this the Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Syndrome. Well, Schrodinger's cat. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, there, 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 there's there's Schrodinger's cat. Um, there's oh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot. I got it. I meant on on regret aversion. Okay. If you if you want to see the 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 biggest impact of regret aversion in the market, it's mm-hmm. called FOMO. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. FOMO is regret aversion, right? Yep. So that whole so so by the way, one like it's why social proof matters so much. Yeah. And, and see, people get it wrong. Because they think social proof is, oh, see, it's safe. And that's true. Yep. But it's also creating the idea that, well, wait, if I don't do it, I'm foolish. My, my peer group will look at me as though I'm foolish. So, so it, it, that, the reason that social proof works is, is, is for both. Um, information avoidance is Schrodinger's cat, right? Um, as yep. long as I don't check my bank balance, <laughs> it's, it's not overdrawn. There, there are times I feel this way about my email inbox. If I don't see the emails, hey, there's nothing I, bad has happened. I firmly believe <laughs> that as long as I don't know what I'm saying isn't true, I'm not lying. I'm aware. <laughs> right. Um, so, so information avoidance is, is, is avoiding relevant information. Um, and, you know, the, you know, it's cousin is confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. We don't like yep. Stuff that, that, that goes against stuff. Yep. I mean, so the best thing you can do is, is, is look at things a little bit from an objective standpoint to purposely try to challenge yourself. But, but I can tell you that, um, and I suffer, I mean, this is something I suffer from to this day. I, you know, if, if we're not having a good month, good quarter, whatever, I, I don't want to look at my, uh, I don't want to look at my financial reports. I don't want to look at my pipeline. I don't, I, I, it's like, nope, nope, I don't, as long as, 
as long as I don't look at my pipeline, it's full. Yep. And if I look at my pipeline and it's empty, well, that's clearly that was clearly caused because I looked at it. My my, my favorite on the research of this was that the um, that the fallback, even after you have the information, there's one more step that humans take to bring about information avoidance. What's that? Forget it. <laughs> Is that like it, a like a like your coping mechanism, like your defense mechanism to this? Is that well? It's happened. I mean, I'm sure it's happened to you. You 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 learn. I mean, I said something to you um, yesterday, and you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it though. Oh and yeah. Then, and then and then I don't know if you noticed or not. Your rate of speech picked up a little bit on the next subject. Yeah. Right. Because I wanted to get to the that... next thing quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted to get to the next thing quickly, and by by bringing more attention to that, like you're 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 working to forget. Um, yep. It, it, it's the equivalent of nerve confusion. Yep. Right. So let, let me throw out a whole bunch of different stuff. So that way I can forget about this. It can, yep. um, that's information avoidance. Yeah. Um, so what, what and, we're, and we all do it, by the way, we all do it. And, and so it, yep. what, what's interesting is it, it, it damages our decision making and prevents us from making those decisions. And even though we know, like, I, I think I've told you this before, this is an example of, of, information avoidance. I hate my annual physical. I hate it. I know. I know you do. <laughs> right. Cause I'm like, I feel fine right now. The only yeah. thing that can happen is I'm going to learn something that's going to make me feel worse. And because yeah. I feel fine now, I know better that I know early than late. Right. But yep. if I don't know, then it doesn't exist. Yep. Ignorance yep. is bliss. I know. Um, so what I would say is, you know, you've got to control the information. You've got to figure out how to, um, you know, overloading people with information leads to information avoidance. So, so it's really curating. And again, here's what I would say is I would say build context and, 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 and you'll get more traction. The other thing I would add to that is um, you need to build context. You also have to be coordinated with, with your team and also with what's going on in the landscape as you're providing that information to make it more um, digestible for the, for, for the receiver of it, prospect, customer whatever that may be. Um, all right. Last concept we're going to hit today, the zero price effect. Talk to us about that. So I remember my favorite conversation in college with a professor, uh, Dr. Edward Phillips. He was also my fraternity's advisor. Um, and he was teaching macroeconomics. And let me tell you something, Jess, macroeconomics makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I remember this wasn't my favorite conversation, but I remember saying to, to Doc Phillips, like, you know, the problem is this, this just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and, and he replied, it's not supposed to. And, and that's when I was able to actually. And, and so the, the, the point of it was the supply demand curve. Like that's really where at first I'm right. like, Hey, wow, this is really exciting. Cause I, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to go into sales and I knew one of the reasons I wanted to go into sales is I wanted to own my own business. Right. And I thought supply demand curve, that's, you know, prices are determined, supply demand. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I remember I sat and was having a beer with them and I said, where, where can I see the supply demand curve so I can figure out what I should charge for my, for my stuff. And he's like, well, there, there is no actual supply demand curve. Like I thought, Hey, if I subscribe to the wall street journal, right. is there in the, in the financial metrics, are they you know, giving me what the supply demand curve is? Sure. Um, but what the supply demand curve is, is that, you, you know, if I raise prices and price elasticity, if I raise prices, then a there, you know, it, it is likely going to decrease demand. Yep. If I lower prices, but, but there's a proportionate. 
So what the zero price effect is, is that that is relative, that has, that has truth with the exception of zero, with the exception of free. And when you make something free, it has a disproportionate pulling process. Meaning this I'm more the, apt to. You want it because you're free, because it's free. So um, National Donut Day, donut shop say free donut. You get a free donut today. Yep. Lines form. Yep. People wait in three hour lines. Yep. They haven't been to Krispy Kreme in five years. Yep. But they're in a three hour line for a free donut. And it's like, you know, you could come here tomorrow and get that donut. You know, you could come here tomorrow and get that donut for $3. Yep. Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't want to. I mean, why would I? I don't, I don't, right? Free. Yeah. No, I, um, I actually, this occurred, this happened to me on National Coffee Day. I think I told you this. I never get a double shot. I never get a double shot. And they're like, we're doing a free double shot today for coffee. I was like, sure, why not? And man, I regret it. <laughs> but like, way, though, I never would have gotten that. It's you like, want to hear something interesting? <laughs> that was two heuristics we talked about today. You know what the second one was? Zero price regret. effect and what else? Regret. regret. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, wow. I can tell you I regretted that decision. <laughs> right? Well, wait, you're offering for me free. And if I don't take it, then I will have. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about um, the tickets? Buying, you know, buying the ticket. Would you buy the tickets if there was a massive snowstorm? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Right. Versus if you already had the tickets. Yeah. Would, or, or I'm sorry. Would you, would you, if someone offered you free tickets that day, would you take, right? It's. Like yeah. all those things are all coming together, right? Yeah. Um, zero price effect is, is the underlying basis of all trade shows. <laughs> the underlying basis of all swag. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know me. I'm like, hey, we're working with the client. We're, I, I, I know. I'm aware. Right. It's because you, your family comes from the travel age, travel industry. I'm oh, no, that's not true. It, this is true. That's because I'm in sales. Okay. Sales people love swag. But like, I don't really want it. I want it because I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, I know. I think I ended up coming home with like, 10 koozies and Juan was well, like we, what are what are we gonna do with all these koozies <laughs> like <laughs> I'm gonna be nice I'm gonna be nice so I'm not gonna name names but we have somebody here who went to inbound who I think got at least one of everything I know who you're talking about <laughs> and and I am curious how much is still there um yeah and and it was also funny. This gets to another. This gets to the um, uh, the endowment effect, and other, so there was. It's like you know, I don't need all this. Like, if there's anything here that that like one of y'all want, and there was one thing I'm like, oh, that might be interesting, and and let's let me see that. And well, you know, I think I do want that. Oh, uh. <laughs> right? and it was just you know, and it was fine because yeah. I'm I'm actually glad because I really I didn't, you didn't need it. it. So right. Um, but uh, you know, I'll tell you one of the places where you know the the thing where this becomes really meaningful. Hmm. Um, is it's not even free. It's the perception of free. Right. Yeah. Well, this hotel offers free breakfast. It's not a particularly good breakfast, but it's a free breakfast. Right. Well, it's also rolled into the price of the room, but that's. Well, and it's $15 <laughs> more than this other hotel that doesn't offer free breakfast. Correct. Correct. Yep. Um, yeah. it's the basis of specials. Right? Yep. Um, surf and turf. <laughs> right right you you know before someone offered a plate called surf and turf you could always have surf and turf yeah you just order it you just ordered yeah. the surf and the turf right right 
Do you know where specials came from? Do you know what started restaurant specials? No, I don't. Because remember, restaurant specials used to be specials. They weren't in the menu. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Now now I love it when they have printed menus and it's specials. Where specials came from was, and like where the surf turf special came from, was they had lobster tails that were getting old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how do we move lobster tails? Well, let's combine it with, and all of a sudden, so- Dan Airely did a um, uh, shared a study they did with the Economist. It was uh, it was subscription. It was like digital a digital subscription, a um, print subscription, and a print and digital subscription. But the so the digital subscription was like was like ten dollars. The print subscription was thirty dollars. The print and digital subscription was thirty dollars. But you feel like you're getting. This, like the most most people chose yeah print and digital when it was when before when it was digital and print most people were choosing digital right right because you feel so, like you're getting the digital for because there's that perception of free yeah right? so all of those yeah. things come together so how you provide the combination it's the it's the i'm going to add the 15 dollars item to my cart because i don't want to pay for the shipping <laughs> who who well it it's prime yeah so Prime says, pay for the shipping up front. And what they did was they built a moat because now, so once somebody bought Prime, every time they used something else and didn't use Prime, they felt like, well, wait a second, I'm not right. I'm losing free. Leaving money on the table. And, yeah. and well, hell, I mean, the shipping was free anyway, so I might as well buy, you know, so I'll buy from right. Amazon seven times a week. Right. Um, and all you have to do is look at the, cardboard boxes in my garage and you'll see that there are probably times that I think we do order seven times a week. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the, probably the greatest um, keynote product launch person in history was Steve jobs mm-hmm. um, with his annual iPhone announcements. And what was, what was he famous for? What was the, what was the Steve jobs thing? One more thing. Right. It's like, here, 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 here. Oh, yeah. One more thing. That's another example of that, 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 the bias to free. Yep. Yep. So, so one of the things, and, and, and I'm not going to name the company, but this is where I think a company really screws themselves up because the way they're comping salespeople isn't in alignment with, with this approach. Like, one of the things I like to do is, I want to build in a commit to an expand opportunity today. So, you know, you you remember we used to move, we used to move people to um, their, 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 when we were doing more web stuff, we would get, we would build the CMS into the pricing of everything mm-hmm. so that they had it. So then we yeah. could say, well, well, let's go ahead and move it over because we have it anyways. Right. 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 And, and, and so sometimes the thing that you want from your CRM mm-hmm. might not be the thing that everybody thinks that they want. Right. So, you, so when you're crafting and how you're leading or, 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 or things that you're doing, I, I call these head fakes. Mm-hmm. If we can get them to start doing this, right. then they're already in the place to start doing this other thing that's probably harder and more valuable and not as exciting. Yep. But now all of a sudden, it's free. Yeah. Hey, guys, since we're already... 
using the CRM for this. Hey, since we're already using, you know, we build the quoting ability into the CRM, even though all it's doing is pushing data into another system. Mm-hmm. Hey, since we're using quoting, since we're using the CRM for this, yep. how about we add this other thing too? How yep. about we use it for this other thing too? Right. That's another example of, of how you can use that heuristic to your advantage. Yep. So I think, I think my, my biggest uh, takeaway from all of this, this whole discussion is, is really that the way that you frame things is important. You need to connect things to the here and now, if you're presenting change, we talk about plot internally a lot. And so making sure you have that context, making sure you don't lose that plot. You mentioned GPS, where am I at now? Where am I going? And, and you've got to be coordinated with how you're presenting the information to the recipient. Um, I, I also think what you said around, you know, connecting to the bigger problem and, and the pain of not changing has to be better than changing when you're, when you're bringing up these things is also important. Well, Jess, we're coming into winter. It's going to we start are. getting cold. It For is. You, that means 80 degrees. Exactly. So as we enter winter, we should start, we should start thinking spring. Okay. Why are you being so hesitant? You don't agree with that? I am curious where you're going with this. Well, because I'm curious if you know what the trees say when spring arrives. Oh, God. I don't know what the trees say. What do they say, Doug? What a relief. Wow. Read Lee. I I got it. I got it. Thank you for... Yes, Doug. Just remember to say no to shitty RevOps. Till next time, everybody. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. I didn't have a clue where Doug was going with using hamburgers as an example of these concepts, but once again, he surprised me. And hopefully because of all of the other examples shared, you'll catch some of these as you're going through your day. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. We would love it if you would share the episode and or leave us a review. That's how we can continue to create episodes that benefit you by hearing your thoughts. And if you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about the behavioral science concepts mentioned today, email me at hannahatliftenablement.com or hit us up on formerly Twitter, now X, at Demand Creator or LinkedIn at Lift Enablement. Until next time, just say no to shitty RevOps.